0: So I think it's listening to your own rhythms as a creative person and finding out when you work best. You know, like... When I work best personally is at like 1 a.m. I'm a very nocturnal person. And what the beautiful thing about that is that all the nine to fivers are gone to bed. So my emails aren't hopping. There's no one looking for anything off me. People are like, everyone on socials has gone to sleep. And if they're not gone to sleep, they're drunk and it's hilarious because it gives you a bit of a giggle.
1: Welcome to episode four of Join the Dots, a series that explores collaboration, creativity and connections, and as always I'm joined by the wonderful Maeve has Hi Finian, how are you? I'm not too bad. Um, all things considered, I think mm-hmm. we're all about what's going on in, in Europe in the past few weeks, um, which makes um, life very strange at the moment, but obviously we're thinking about Ukraine. Very surreal, yeah, yeah. Um, But on a a separate note, last week, uh, we both, um, with producer uh, Johnny Boyle and another imposter, we won't even speak about the other No, they
2: don't get named, no.
1: Yeah, we were uh, in attendance of a real-life gig.
2: Mm -hmm. We had drinks, did a bit of dancing.
1: We listened to really great music the choice music awards were held in uh, Vicker Street and definitely for me it was um, a bank of all the music that I've been listening to for the past two years all on one stage so it was I've been thinking about it a lot actually it was really nice
2: because it was just a series of little mini gigs it didn't feel too overwhelming we were sitting down and I'm old and I enjoyed that part too Um, and we just got to hang out and talk and have a few drinks and enjoy ourselves Three.
1: Yeah and the um the winner for those I love uh, Dave Balf mm. um I think truly deserved it you and I both missed his yeah. Olympia gig and uh, we, we were told by many people, including our guests, actually, that it was the best gig ever in the world. Uh, so it was very <laughs> special to see him perform and also to, to win the choice. So congrats to him. Uh, will we talk about our first guest, get straight into it, because yes. it's all related.
0: It is all, it's
2: all related. connected. It's all connected. Oh, my God. What? It is all connected because we chatted to our lovely guest last Thursday at the Choice Prize. She was upstairs with her wristband
1: tearing it up. Looking down at us. Yeah, Looking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Next year. Next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, Ruth.
2: Okay, so Ruth and I have been friends ever since we met, um, working together at Hot Press magazine eight billion years ago. Um, she is, I think, the best photographer in the country. She's a music photographer, but like her talent goes far beyond that. She's a portrait photographer. She does weddings. Um, she did an amazing series called Twilight together which we will talk to her about in the episode um, and she's just a hustler um, I think that really comes across in our chat um, because obviously we couldn't really talk to someone in the in the creative industry without talking about the last two years and how tough that's been for them and for Ruth particularly um, but just it's so inspiring to hear how she responded to COVID
1: badass yeah and, and I think you know she always reminds you of that feeling that you have at a gig with a crowd um, and she captures that moment so well and uh, you, you know when you see those images it's usually another subject so it was always nice to speak to the person behind the lens and hear what it means to them as well in terms of being in that moment capturing that shot. So uh, yes let's go um, speak to our fourth guest on Join the Dots uh let's have a listen now
2: um we're gonna jump straight in and talk to you about life Together cool not just because I'm in it but you are in it a very large factor um (laughs) but because it was you know we talked about creativity on this series and when you think about something like that I mean that was a very creative solution to a problem the problem being that was what March 2020 and the world had just ended um and people were trying to get their heads around this, but you were out there immediately snapping. And so I guess like is there something in you about being an artist or being a freelancer that kind of pushes you to always think creatively when you're kind when you come up against stuff like this?
0: I think um if we travel back painfully to mm-hmm. March twenty twenty, uh it was it was a fight or flight thing with me. Um it wasn't it, it wasn't a des- like, it was kind of twofold. It is a desire to continuously work. And there is always, you know, um, ideas essentially kind of pouring out of me and this need to have a camera in my hand. And it's always a tool for creativity, for expression, for therapy. But just to be very real about it, This March 2020, I had lost all of my income. Mm -hmm. I had lost every job on my calendar for the foreseeable future. Uh, I had no way of earning money. And it was before the government had even kind of copped on enough to offer us payment. Mm -hmm. And I was down the social welfare office kind of going, I'm in trouble here. I need to earn. And, you know, being a a photographer, you, you can earn money in so many different ways and that's what I love about it is that you know it is a creative output for me but it's also it's also a hustle <laughs> it's my main hustle yeah. and my side hustle and whenever I've come into financial hardship before I've turned to my camera to make money you know so when I was getting my mortgage I essentially took on a second job as a wedding photographer mm-hmm. so it's it, it's it's my livelihood so when the pandemic hit hit my industry the first we were the first to go the music industry the events industry you know and even like my backup of weddings it was all gone it was all shut down overnight so it wasn't out of a fanciful desire to go and take pretty pictures it was a necessity it was a scramble it was a panicked action of how am i going to cope how am i going to cope financially how am i going to cope emotionally and how am I going to cope with the isolation? I live on my own, as you know, I'm in a tiny flat and it was a very, very dark and scary place. And I, uh, the first six weeks of that pandemic were incredibly sad and depressing and worrying. And I think I really work well in a crisis. I think when you run your own business, when you're self-employed and when you're a self-employed creative the a lot of your job is is problem management is solutions Mm -hmm. is finding how to solve all the issues that get thrown at you whether it's marketing campaigns whether it's you know I've just come off a massive call with my accountant they're going oh Jesus this is another problem I have to fix so you're always in this fight or flight mode but March 2020 it was just fight or flight on bloody steroids Mm -hmm. and I just had to come up with something and I I just started throwing ideas to see which one stuck um and like everyone remembers the Twilight Together project I did because it 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 did really well and you know people loved it but what they don't remember is the multitude of other ideas I threw out before that that didn't take off in the same way you know so uh, you know out of every 100 ideas I have I, I struck gold with that one and I was like Grant I'm gonna monetize the hell out of this and see how I can see how I can rescue myself it was just a, pretty much a search and rescue operation of my own life going on yeah how do you, look back, on, um,
2: how do you look back on Twilight together now I mean we're, it's still very close obviously but like do you have this kind of like gut-wrenching
0: feeling to it still like it's are you, do you associate it with that whole time do you, in the book it did help me, like in so many ways. It really did. It got me, it got me back out talking to people. I wasn't so isolated. It gave me, it gave me a a, a bit of a role in society again. Um, because my, and this is the problem when you're a creative, um, and especially like a, a kind of a self-employed artist, is that your identity is very much wrapped up in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to separate me from my camera. Um, you know, as, like I'd love, I wish sometimes that I just worked as a photographer in a catalogue or like something, taking photographs for a big brand. I just rock in every day, take some photographs, five o'clock comes, I say, see you later. And I go home and that there would be people in my life that wouldn't know what I do. But right now, everybody in my life knows exactly what I do like you know I've got mates I'm sure we've all got mates that I haven't got a breeze what they do do you know what I mean do you know, like, what, I like, do, Ruth? Do you know what I do I kind of have a gist of what you do I mean the fact that you're sitting here talking to me is great like <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah. a professional
2: podcaster yes
0: you're correct you're a professional mm. podcaster but you know what I mean no, you know I it's a bit like Chandler thing. Chandler being like I've got mates like that and I'm like cool so you know the Chandlers just because they're sound and you know that they're into x y and z but you don't necessarily define them by their yeah. career whereas everyone's like oh yeah Ruth yeah we know our work like that's it like mm-hmm. so it's very it's very I'm finding that a challenge at the moment is how to separate the photographer from the person. Um and the the pandemic really didn't help with that because I suddenly wasn't a photographer and I had to realise that I'm not much of a person either. you know what I mean? So it was it was very, very hard and it still is. So unfortunately there's no rosy glow I can put on it. It was it it the pandemic was a traumatic experience for a lot of people. Um and and you know, myself included. Yeah
1: it's um a really i think honest and important point all the points that you're making um you know yeah. it, the, the valuation uh, like uh, not to use that 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 term loosely on what the art and culture does for us all but then also it's suddenly you know it can be s- suddenly devalued by so many people as well or ignored um and you know rightly talking about livelihood as well as of of the art and the creativity. Um, But if you could talk to us a little bit, you mentioned about identity and creativity. What, like in its broader sense, the creative process and and being creative and, and making things, like what is it for you? What do you get out of it?
0: It's a very good question. And I ask myself that an awful lot. (laughs) What am I getting out of it? I am getting a livelihood out of it. Like um, I I am, you know, I'm sustaining myself and I'm not starving. So it's grand like, Um, but as I said, drunkenly to a taxi driver last night on my way home from a gig, you could pay me a third of what I'm on and I'd still do the job that I do. Um, cause it's not about the money and it's not about the earnings. It's, it's lovely to be able to earn from what, what you produce, but it's not the reason that I do it. And I know everyone says that, but it's genuinely true. Um, for me, if, I'm always going to be a photographer. I feel like, you know, like I'm a, I'm a stick of rock, right? My arm is a stick of rock. And if you slice it in half inside is written in the bone photographer. <laughs> like that's how true and true it is. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, like a big L sticker knock. But um I I've been taking photos as a means of expression since I was a very young child. So my dad used to sell camera equipment um in the eighties and nineties and uh we were very broke in the eighties and nineties, as a lot of people in Dublin were. And uh, instead of buying us toys, he used to just give me cameras to play with. So I had, I had access to the to cheap and cheerful little plastic cameras as a kid. And then my dad would also would always be able to throw a roll in to be developed for nothing. So it was grand. So I, I remember taking photographs before I could really express myself in any other way. And I think, I think as well, me having a camera in my hand has probably stunted my language skills and, and my communication skills in other ways. Um, but it it is, it it is always going to be something that I have to do. And I've realized that over maybe the last five or six years, that no matter where I am in the world or what I'm working on, there'll always be a million photography ideas. I have such an absolute growl for it as a science and as an art form, you know, even just the physics of light, I find utterly mesmerizing and I'm just enamored with it. Um, So I'll never, I've, I've admitted that I'll never not be a photographer, but I might change what type of photographer I am throughout my career. And I might change, you know, my, my, my means of, of, of earning like it might not always be my number one earner but like I'm always going to be a photographer it's it's really hard to explain but it's just something in me it's a fascination with the process and the craft and the and just the ease of expression for me like I was not a natural born writer I'm not a poet I'm not you know uh, I'm nothing I'm not not I'm not overwhelmingly creative in other ways but if you put a camera in my hand I'm I'm happy
1: You mentioned the word process there, and often creativity and kind of process are put on opposite poles, but like you do need to be, you know, organized and, you know, get your kit bag together and know where you're going and what time to be there. And it's really boring sometimes to be doing all of that admin. Um, Are you good at it? Is it important to you in that whole creative process?
0: when you undertake massive projects like the book or any exhibitions that i'm doing there's there's loads of behind the scenes work and it's not glamorous you know people think of being it's like oh you're a photographer that's really cool you must love shooting and i'm like i do yeah but i only shoot about 5% of my time the rest mm-hmm. of the time is logistics you know you're a production manager as and you know as well as a as you know an administrator and all these things when you when you are in a creative role but in in a creative role that involves so many other people you know I take pictures of people I don't take pictures of myself every day I'm not a painter who can go off to the hills in Iceland and sit there and paint away with just me brushes and me paint you know I rely on other people and I, I rely on the grace of other people so you have to be professional and sound and you have to turn up when you say you're going to turn up and you you know you have to keep you know, an eye on your emails and I'm 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 still learning this. So I've recently hired PA who helps me with emails and scheduling and invoicing you know and she is way better with spreadsheets than I will ever be I hate them I'm not good with that stuff no way so like I hate them but I've done them up to this point and now Mm -hmm. I'm like my time is better spent doing something else I'd rather pay someone the same reason I have an accountant because I'm terrible at maths like you know what I mean I'll just let him do it so yeah like it is unfortunate that all of that stuff goes hand in hand with being an artist in Ireland you know and even when it comes down to stuff of like for me a big roadblock in my career is my lack of uh, knowledge in spreadsheets but also in um, drafting proposals and and briefs and filling out applications for grants and funding. I can't do that. I am not good at expressing myself on paper. Big big grant applications like that, they're very off-putting to people who are mainly are in a visual field, you know, like painters and artists and everything else where I'm like listen, if I could write you a 13 page proposal, I'd actually just go and write a novel or something. Cause it's one of, you know, I'm not a writer. Like I could t- I'll definitely take you pictures for my application, but I can't be writing this shite. Like, so I think I would be great if I was that well-rounded individual, but I'm not like, so when I can, I do enlist the help and, you know, of other people, um, but yeah, there's certain barriers in that, you know, to, I'm not organized. Let's just, let's just say that I'm, not, I'm organized when I need to be. But I think as well, when you're, when you're self-employed um, and a creative person, one of the things that helps me an awful lot is kind of marching to my own drum in regards to scheduling. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've learned that I am not a creative person before 11am, so I just, Point blank, now refuse to schedule it before eleven a.m. And I might look like a diva, but I know for a fact that if I try and take a picture at ten o'clock, it's crap. So what's the point? Like, so I think it's listening to your own rhythms as a creative person and finding out when you work best. You know, like where when I work best personally is like 1 a.m. I'm a very nocturnal person. And what the beautiful thing about that is that all the nine to fivers are gone to bed. So my emails aren't hopping. There's no one looking for anything off me. People are like, everyone on socials has gone to sleep. And if they're not gone to sleep, they're drunk and it's hilarious because it gives you a bit of a giggle. But like you just... I find this beautiful quiet at 1am and I'll sit here in my living room floor surrounded by books and records. And that's when the majority of my ideas will flow in a much more natural, like like unpressurized kind of state where I'm like, okay, this is me living my best life as an artist. I'll deal with all the other crap tomorrow, but just leave me alone for these few hours in the middle of the night. Like
2: On the flip side then, when it comes to, when it comes to collaborating because that's that's cool I think that you can find your own flow and you know these optimum times and you know when you work best but like obviously collaboration is a big part of what you do as well um, how do you approach that? Like how do two people with ideas and thoughts and, and all this stuff come together and still kind of feel that they're both represented in whatever they come up with together? Yeah,
0: so I mean portraiture to me is a collaboration like I only I only Mm. photograph people it's very rare that I photograph uh, something that doesn't have a person in it like even my landscapes will have a tiny little person in it somewhere so I'm uh, and portraiture is the most collaborative form of photography I feel because that person has to be happy with their photograph otherwise I'm not happy with it and I have to reflect their personality and to do that we have to collaborate you know um Mm -hmm. so I very much open up the the conversation around it. It's all just about getting to know people, you know, and then there's mm-hmm. so like, that's, it's a, it's a very, uh, taking someone's portrait is lovely in a way because it's all about trust and mutual respect. They're trusting me with their image, you know, and they're trusting me not to make them look like a, an idiot, like, and, you know, to, to, to show them in their most natural kind of true form. And I, I'm so grateful for that level of trust when someone sits in front of me that, like, I will definitely do my best to give them something that they, you know, like or approve of or whatever. And then, you know, there is times when I collaborate with other artists you know so when I you know I collaborate with like Holly Pereira or you know different people and that comes about by me stalking their Instagram and sending them DMs kind of going love your work hey <laughs> you know kind of way? where I'm just like I think there is or there always has to be a mutual respect in in the collaborative process mm-hmm. um uh and when it works it'll work really really well you know when you when you do have that love the genuine love of each other's work and you have to always remember that you know you're very grateful to be in that position to be working with someone that you do adore um, and they have to feel the same and then it becomes really really easy because you love them you're just like yeah 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 I'll take all your ideas on board and they're saying the same to you and there is no tug of war in terms of like oh we all want you know a seat at the table here we all want to be represented the only time It's not as fruitful as when you pair up with brands. So that's that's a struggle. And that, even just thinking about it now, gives me palpitations. Because there is brands out there, you know, and agencies that totally get you. And they hire you because they like your work. And they're very Mm -hmm. happy for you to, you know, put as much as yourself into a project and they respect the process and they, you know, and they understand that there's a reason they chose you as a creative. And then, you know, and when someone is in that position, then I'm more inclined to be like, Oh yeah, I love you guys. User sound. Let's work together, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna create something unique for you, and I'm gonna take all of you know the the best bits of you or your company or your product into consideration, and we're gonna create something really special together. And then there's the 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 agencies and the brands that are just like, no, nah, can you just do this? just this we don't want you to do anything else and I'm like oh yeah but that's like a picture of like an underwater seahorse and I don't do that and they're like yeah but can you just do it like I'm like oh no like so so it's a good collaboration and then there's painful collaboration but you look we all have to do these things I want to know what
1: what part of Dublin Bay you did that
0: shooting because I want to meet (laughs) you thanks yeah I was definitely down in Dollier, like there's some weird there's weird stuff under that sea like
1: Um, no, I like your point about mutual benefit and respect, I mean, it, I, even when you say it out loud, it's so bloody obvious, but it's also mm. so, it's so rare Ruth. And like, you clearly come to it with, with that mindset, but others don't. Right. So collaboration mm. has tough times as well. And you mentioned, you know, brands and agencies, it can be challenging, but over the years, there must be some difficult people you've worked with as well. Um, do you tend to negotiate a mutual benefit or do you walk away? Or how, how do you deal with those situations?
0: Do you know what? In my career, Jesus, I'm nearly 20 years now. But in my career as a portrait and music photographer, there has only ever been one person where I couldn't, I couldn't work with them. And that, and it was only recently, and... I still live with that that hurt me <laughs> like really and truly that hurt me. Um uh, and it was just it just couldn't happen. I it couldn't I try I tried everything in my it, like everything I could to bend around this person, to accommodate them, to give them everything that they wanted. Um and you know what, I always when I'm photographing people, there's always There's always beauty in every person, right? There really is. And I love spotting it and capturing it. And that's what I do. You know, it's impossible to take a bad photograph of a good person. But I met one really bad person and I couldn't take a picture of them. Cordon from the life of me and I had to walk away and I was like you are impossible and for the sake of my own mental health I had to walk away from that shoot and just hold my hands up and go it's impossible I can't do it um but that was a big eye-opener for me as an artist because I'd always prided myself on being a very amicable uh personable professional creative that I've always gotten along really well with everyone, you know, like you don't always have to be best friends with people that you're working with, but it makes life easier if you are like, so what's, you know, there's no point in, in not like getting along with people. It's just, you know, part of my job is getting along with people. Um, But yeah, it's, so it's extremely rare that I wouldn't but yeah, I just came across a really bad egg and I was like, I can't work with you. So it, it um, but I was actually amazed at how much it affected me emotionally too. That, and I, you know, and I, I cried over that. I, like, I had a really bad experience. So it's, it's mad how personally affected I can become um, in situa- situations like that. But this, that again, it just proves the point that it's very hard to separate me from my job, you know? I'm taking stuff home every day, whereas other people would just switch off and be like, gosh, another day at the office where I'm like, (laughs) I failed. So, um, yeah,
1: tough. It brings us really nicely to to the point around connection, which, you know, clearly your work is, has been doing from years, people following you on Insta, seeing your stuff elsewhere in exhibitions. Um, Maybe we ask about the... uh, your words, not mine, about taking someone's picture is quite intimate. I thought that was a nice expression. It yeah. is
0: intimate, yeah. <laughs> well, I've taken your picture, mate, haven't I? Yeah, and I
2: think there is, like, and we're friends, and I think there is sort of still a, a, like, a level of vulnerability that you have to hmm. have to stand there and kind of like. Oh, here yeah. I am. and you know, Oh, yeah. On maybe both oh, eyebrows, but probably more of the subject, like, who just feels a little bit, like, exposed. And... Oh,
0: you're 100% exposed, and I love yeah. it. But um, I do, Ooh. I acknowledge the hell out of that in my studio, on locations yeah. and everything. Like, I always say this, right? If I have someone for an hour to do a portrait shoot, 40 minutes of that is spent talking at least... Do you know yeah. what I mean and I take Perfect. back all photographs but it is you have to just make that person feel at ease um and sometimes people are really happy in their own skin or you know and they're really confident in my work and they their guard falls instantly other people takes a little bit of time like um and I acknowledge that and we slow it down and we become friends and you know and it is you know I have to kind of show my own vulnerability too an awful lot of the time to break down those barriers Um, I remember once I was doing um author portraits for a publishing house and uh, the 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 commissioning editor came to the shoot it was an all-day shoot with about eight different authors coming in throughout the day one-on-one and one-on-one and uh, the commissioning editor sent sat next door in my office, um, but she could hear everything all day. She was just kind of there to keep an eye, make sure everyone was okay. And at the end of the day, she comes to me and she says, God, that's gas listening to you shoot. And I was like, why? She was like, like, do you not realize what you do? And I hadn't got a clue. And I was like, what do I do? She's like, your accent changes so dramatically depending on who's sitting in front of you. (laughs) So I started off the day with myself which I have very just Dublin accent and then like you know we had this uh political correspondent person came in and I was suddenly talking like I was from Dorky and then I guess it went I got mad country and then I got back to Dublin and but it's 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 just a way of kind of empathizing with people you know and 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 finding their level and connecting with them on a on a personal kind of shared experience level and but like the majority of the time you just have to listen people if you give them an opportunity when they're sitting in front of you if it's just you one-on-one with a stranger people will talk to you well absolutely you know and in my studio as well I've had people who were near strangers crying in portrait shoots because no one has sat and listened to them for an hour before you know and they've walked out of my studio in tears kind of going I'm so sorry I didn't mean to share that and I know you know and we didn't get any pictures and I'm like fuck like doesn't matter about the pictures you know what I mean you obviously needed this like and I just I am I'll never stop being so grateful for the for the trust that people give me you know and like in fairness It's probably not doing me any favors as a photographer, though, because I look at other portrait artists and, you know, their work is exceptional and it's so technically amazing. And, you know, it's full of like their, their studio will have like four or five assistants and stylists and makeup artists. And I don't want any of that because I'd lose that intimacy with my portrait sitters. So I just always wanted to be me and them one on one. So, therefore, I do basic setups. I don't do over-the-top productions. I don't do any of the bells and whistles. It's just me and them and a little cry. <laughs> little cry. Well, the, the, um, the accent thing, I think, speaks to how
2: much of yourself you put into your work. You know, going back to that thing about your identity um and putting yourself into your work like you must come home after a day's shooting and just wrecked. are you just like emotionally
0: Maeve I am always wrecked I am always in a constant state of exhaustion (laughs) like I don't know why I do this half the time um it does wear you out and it is the chatting more than anything else that wears you out especially if you've had a big day because like say if I am on like a big job or whatever working on a a tv set or something where there's a lot of people and I have a lot of a, a lot of plates spinning you know i'm constantly in my head problem solving x y and z and trying to think a couple of steps ahead so my brain is going a mile a minute like that i might have a couple of assistants on a job like that so i'm kind of micromanaging their work as well to make sure that they don't you know mess up in front of the client and then i'm trying to keep extremely level headed and you know quite calm on the outside so that the person sitting in front of me doesn't freak out like so you're doing hmm you're doing all of that and it is absolutely exhausting while you're trying to take a really creative photograph. You know, you're trying to create something new and you're trying to keep a client happy and keep, you know, an agent happy and you're trying to keep all these people happy. So you're, you're doing so much at once. um. So it is, yeah, you're, 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 you're drained by the end of it. And there, you know, there is times where like I'd be working at, at gigs or shows or something and I get you know like if I'm meeting people who have had a really worse time than I am you know that so if they've survived you know cancer treatments or if you know they're dealing with grief and loss and all this thing and you know here's me coming along to take their photograph and I carry away a bit of them every day and I yeah I, I come I come home with it and I sit there and I try and process myself like about everything that everyone else has gone through so it yeah, there's a lot, like, I definitely think photography um, should come with it's a therapist. <laughs> another way that you actually,
2: just as you're speaking there, I'm thinking of this, like, another way that I think you offload some of that is through, like, you're a good woman
0: for the Instagram stories. I love them. Love the owl Instagram stories, especially I when stories. I'm, a, I'm a bit tipsy, like, I go mad at have them. a
2: few drinks on you. It's Yeah, it's great. Very unshamey. <laughs> but,
0: but you seem to have
2: a really nice connection with your fans. Oh, yeah,
0: they're the best, like.
2: Genuine blunders, yeah. Uh, it's not really important to you, and has it got more important? Like obviously, twenty years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Like it's kind of yeah where we are today, but yeah, it's a big part of your of your persona now, right?
0: Yeah, well, audience has definitely shifted from from galleries and newspaper viewers to social media viewers, mm-hmm. you know, and. I'm fuck it, like it's amazing. Like I have thousands of followers, and that, like, I'd never have that in a gallery. Do you know things have changed so much? I would be, you yeah. know, I think I've got like, I don't know, fifteen, eighteen thousand on on Insta, and again on Twitter. And you're just thinking, God, that reach, like, you'd never get that. You know, I graduated in two thousand and eight, and that didn't really exist to that extent. Um, so I always like to think back about that kind of going, oh yeah, right, that's it. I have to use it, but also we're so connected, absolutely so connected that, um, I do know a lot of them personally, like not really, I've never met them in real life, but I feel like I know them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, there's definitely, you know, a couple hundred people that always turn up in my DMs and are always extremely supportive and they're almost, they, they're minding me uh, and they're very proud if I do something gods they're like oh my god babe, you know we saw you working on this from the start and they're always very quick to tell me when they started following me which is brilliant because i can pinpoint like some of them are like oh, i started following you when you joined the arcade fire tour or i started following you when you did the windows or when you had this bit in the irish times and stuff and i'm like jesus you're a longtime follower aren't you you've seen an awful lot of stuff that i've put up but they're they're just a wonderful bunch of people uh, and i'm and i i I choose to ignore the rest of them. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. for every yeah. 100 lovely people there's one that will stick in your craw all day like um and they're painful. And you know what there are some vicious trolls but like I look at them and I kind of think who hurt you? Why are you yes. so angry? And it must take so much effort to be that angry all day and are you not? Mm-hmm just wrecked like. And there used to be a point on that account where I'd follow a few thousand people, all creatives, other photographers, you know, other Irish photographers. And when I would see them doing really well and like going on different tours or maybe getting jobs that I thought I would have been in line for, I get very down on myself. I was always comparing my productivity and my success to others. And it was having such a negative effect on my life that I had to kind of say, well, I either have to delete these platforms altogether or restructure them in a way that's a little bit healthier for me. So I'm very open with people. And I'm like, listen, I this is the reason I don't follow anyone. It's not personal. It's because of my own like very fragile mind. Uh, but I'm still very you know, chatty with everyone. I do like to respond to every DM and I do give people the time of day and I do check out their work and stuff, but all in moderation because otherwise I'd get absolutely nothing done.
1: When you capture stuff, you, you know, you fall into that moment. And I mean, thinking of the gig you're at last night and myself and they didn't go and you get a little, a little capture of that. But I want to bring you back to our final question, Ruth, right to you, to the, The story you told about your dad giving you that camera and um you know to anyone listening who maybe is starting out to the young kid that is beginning to figure out how to point and shoot um you've you've really honestly described the kind of the good bad and the ugly of what you do but what what are your what are your suggestions to that person starting out um what would you say is your 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 advice to them
0: if they're very young starting out um, is to kind of find the type of person that they are, whether they are, you know, to do what I do, you have to be in some regards self-motivated and you have to have a thick skin. And if you don't have that, then maybe being self-employed in the music industry is not for you. Maybe you're going to suit being a fine art photographer um, who does gallery shows instead um, and then also if you're um, what kind of learner you are whether you want to go down the academic college route or whether you want to just be a self-starter and go learn off YouTube tutorials or shadow another photographer so th- I think they were key points in my um, like teenage years my formative kind of career years was I made a couple of mistakes in that I was under the impression, I think a lot of people my age were under the impression that you had to go to third level education if it was offered to you. So I went down that route and it was very, um, destructive to me. Um, it knocked the confidence out of me, um, terribly, um, because I wasn't, I was 17 when I started it. I wasn't at the level where I should have been studying a BA, an honors BA, like, um, and, you know, for all different reasons, I kept failing and uh, I'd fail every single year and I had to do resits every single summer. And I was constantly being told I wasn't good enough. I had the tenacity, though, to keep going and to keep trying because I knew all I wanted to be in life was a photographer and that this was the only photography degree. So I was bloody well going to do it whether they wanted me there or not. Like, So I stuck it out. But as a result of that, I came away at the age of 2021 20, feeling very rejected and very bruised and I hadn't got an ounce of confidence in me. So I actually put down the camera and I stopped taking I stopped shooting and I stopped shooting for a few years and um that all could have been avoided if at the age of 17 I was told well, you're more suited to a hands-on approach at learning. Why don't you go now and work in a photography studio? And I think my life would have been vastly different. I probably would have been fast-tracked to where I am now if I had just had options like that. And if I had had the wherewithal to kind of cop on to the fact that everybody's different. So I think I would definitely advise people getting into this is just to have a look at yourself and to see what kind of type of person you are. Because the job... The specific job that I do, freelancing in the music industry, is not for everybody. Do you know what I mean? There is, And even though they might be amazingly talented photographers, they might not like living on a tour bus for three months at a time, do you know? So it only, and there's there's nothing wrong with that either, you know? So find your own way and find your own style and find your own, just your own little route of doing things. But also, you can do absolutely anything you want. Like that's what my my parents kind of taught me when I was a kid. My dad was very much of the persuasion that like you can just be in. Do you know, if you want to be an astronaut, you can be an astronaut. There's ways to get in there. Like so, you just have to go and do it. Um, now he wasn't best pleased when I turned out to be a photographer because he always thought he always said it was a boys' <laughs> club. So he tried to kind of uh, put me off this for so long, and he was like, "Oh Jesus, there she goes." But uh, but you can absolutely do it anything and if there's someone out there doing your job, doing the job that you want to do, you can do it next. Like it's that simple. Just one foot in front of the other and you'll get there.
1: Ruth, that's been amazing. Thank you so much. Um we'll we'll all be
0: there in the front row with you soon.
1: And stop that.
0: I don't know now. well I hope so but thanks so much and thanks for like actually following the Instagram and stuff that's gas like I always say it's really mad when I see people you're like oh my god you follow my work that's amazing Um, so thank you both thanks Maeve (laughs) thank
2: you that was uh, inspiring like that bit at the end there life lessons like not just photography ones I sure look always (laughs) bored (laughs) don't sometimes sometimes
1: Well, thank you very much to Ruth. It was um, it was lovely to speak to somebody who I've always kind of followed their work. And um, you obviously know her for a longer time, but um, a real insight, I think, for me into how when you care that much about the work itself, it gets wrapped up in your own identity. And then obviously when that is taken away for whatever circumstance, that can really have a kind of threat to why you exist. And, um, you know, she's uh, she clearly loves it uh it's 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 an important um you know as she also talked about that balance between like job and it just being the thing that she loves doing um and it's clearly demonstrated in the work so yeah massive thanks what what did you take away what new thing did you learn about Ruth? new thing
2: um i think yeah you're right like you you can't separate the dancer from the dance with um someone who is you know, self-employed and making money from doing something that they love. Like, you know, you can never really step away. And I've been on holidays with her and weekends away and stuff. And, and she's always on, you know, there's always texts and emails that need answering. And it is really hard to to set boundaries, I think. Um, especially, as you say, when it's she loves having a camera in her hand. So yeah, very interesting. And then I suppose as well, just hearing again how tough it was at the start of lockdown. And I mean, I obviously remember that period too and she came over and took the picture for Twilight together and I was like oh wow look at Ruth go but I suppose to hear her say there just the sheer terror of suddenly all your work just being gone one day you know your livelihood looking like it was just on hold indefinitely I can't imagine how frightening that must have been and yeah I really empathize with everyone who was affected in that way because of the pandemic um it's just she's just so badass like it's amazing how quickly she shifted and um and produced something that became this gorgeous book that we have downstairs now
1: Mm. um and yeah fingers crossed that we have a a summer of festivals to look forward to and she has things planned she's doing glastonbury again again. she's off to glasto
2: which is amazing Um,
1: so yeah so ruth thank you very much and um yeah that was great okay that is episode four done and dusted we haven't had to take seven different takes of no, this
2: no this is the first one yeah
1: um, but um yeah as always enjoyed that and um, thank you Maeve for um, your amazing attendance insight and um questioning throughout
2: thank you Finian for being you
1: we are available on Apple, Spotify, and all those other places. Um, follow us on Insta. If you've had any ideas of who should come on the show, let us know. This is Join the Dots creativity, collaboration, and connections. Till next time. Bye.
0: Bye.